Good morning and welcome everybody. You're listening to Faith FM 87.6, 87.8 or 88 right across Australia, right across the Faith FM network, wherever you are. This is The Breakfast Show, positively different radio in the morning. You're with the double L team, Lyle and Lawson. What are you thankful for this morning, Lawson? <laughs> oh, okay, I'm really, really thankful that my hands are in agony. And they're aching really bad. Great. I love it when you're in pain. Yeah. I enjoy other people's pain immensely. Why are you in pain this morning? <laughs> uh, yeah, really, that's why it's I not really true. I, I thought you'd really like true. that one, Lars. Yeah, I've, 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 you've made my day. No, well, basically, my hands are in pain because it's a reflection of the amazing weekend that I had um, up at... What was called, basically it's called the Arise Convocation, which is like all the previous years of Arise and whatnot, um, get together and, and convocate once a year and celebrate and rejoice. Arise is a discipleship training school that runs every year. And I was on and running the worship. So I was like leading out in the singing and playing and whatnot. And so my weekend, I was either leading out for all the worship services or we were just jamming all the time. And just so you've done a lot of musical instrument playing. Oh all man, weekend. and it was just like a constant rotation. Like I would either be on the guitar or the bass guitar or the electric guitar or the piano or the box drum. And we'd just like would just everyone would just pick an instrument and play it and just yeah, so my hands are like really sore. Cool. But in a good way. Like I'm just stoked on life right now. So God is good. That's what, amazing. What are you? What are you thankful for, Lyle? Humans. Oh, dude, same. Sometimes. <laughs> Sometimes. <laughs> humans are amazing, and I saw some humans doing amazing things yesterday, just like blow your mind kind of amazing. So, What kind of human amazing things? Uh, like um, danger acts and like um, gymnastic and... Okay. All that kind of... I don't know what they're called, but it was just like mind-boggling <laughs> bogg- like, amazing. Okay. <laughs> How is that even possible kind of stuff? Mm. Oh, it's Yeah, it was spectacular. It was spectacular. Freaky. This is a reminder, you're listening to the delayed broadcast here on Faith FM. If you would like to listen to the live show live and participate in the quiz and the prizes and all the other fun things that happen on Faith FM Breakfast Show, then simply download the Faith FM app available on Apple or Android platforms. This is Keith Lancaster. That's it, is the man who doesn't fall away. Because of me As he sat there in that prison cell He knew just how it came about And he knew his life was over And he was never coming out But there was just one thing He had to know He had to make a final plea So he sent his friends to ask the Lord If he was who he claimed to be Go tell John the lame have learned to walk, that the poor can hear the word of God, and the deaf can hear me talk, go tell John, the blind can finally see, oh, and blessed is the man who doesn't fall away, because of me. He was born so he could tell the world that the kingdom was at hand. 
and that the Christ would soon come after him to complete the Father's plan. And there was nothing else he wanted more than to see this kingdom grow. It was the only thing that mattered. It was all he had to know. So go tell John. Go tell John. That the lame have learned to walk. Deaf can hear me That the Lord can hear the word of God. And the deaf can hear me talk. Go tell John. Go tell John. Go tell John. That the blind can finally see. Oh, and blessed is the man who doesn't fall away. Well, he gave his life to testify that Jesus was the Son. He only wanted now to know that it was a good thing he had done. Soon he would be murdered by a wicked, evil man. And I'm sure the words of Jesus helped him understand. Go tell John. Learn to walk deaf can hear me talk. can hear the word of God and the deaf can hear me talk. Go tell John. Go tell John. The blind can finally see. Oh, blessed is the man who doesn't fall away. Oh, blessed is the man who doesn't fall away because of me. Welcome back, guys. That was Keith Lancaster with Go Tell John. You're listening to Faith FM. We're about to have a first clue for our quiz. Get ready to give us a call, 1-800-324-843. If you know the answer to this question that Lawson is busily looking for, has somebody turned your uh, basket around again? They might have, eh? I'm, I'm... See, Gemma's probably done this to you while... Uh, see, see, this is what happens when you go to Arise too early. Gemma gets in here and just messes the whole thing up. Or why, she, would you, why would you do No, that like legitimately, like this is like all backwards and topsy turvy all over the place. Let's let's try it from this this direction. Okay, so hmm. this is um, <laughs> maybe I'll start with a story while you get yeah, your yeah, you quiz start, sorted start, out. Tell us a story, and we'll do positively different news next. Yes. Go for it. Okay, for all right, all right. So here's what's uh, happening around our world. Um, we are having, we are facing marine heat waves. 
So a marine heat wave is a little bit different from the normal kind of heat wave that we get in, you know, when, when we get, you know, like a couple of weeks of hot weather. So with land heat waves, the heat waves are generally quite short in comparison because air cools and heats uh, very, very easily. In comparison, water um, is a great insulator, and so it cools and heats very slowly. That's why your, you know, your summer water temperature in the ocean isn't really going to come through until after Christmas, and it's going to last through until July. Um, and you know, even when your pool heats up, um, your pool temperature will come up nice and warm, and it'll pretty much stay that way. Mm. Um, even if you have one or two cold days, a bit of a a shower of rain, it won't affect the temperature that much because the temperature changes very, very slowly. And so when you get a heat wave on land, it might last for a fortnight. When you get a heat wave in the water, it might last for like three quarters of a year. Mm. And so uh, CSIRO scientists have been studying this. Of course, we had a big one uh, in 2016 and they're looking at, you know, how is this actually going to affect the environment? And one of the ways that if it affects the environment and is threatening to do so is to wipe out the oyster population. Hmm. So the oysters, they catch diseases and they die when the water gets too warm. And what that does is then it creates a cascade of catastrophic um, events with collapsing ecosystems because, of course, oysters are filters. They filter, mm. you know, the water that's coming out of the rivers and all this kind of stuff. They filter all of the toxins out of the ocean. And when all the oysters suddenly die, then all of those toxin go- toxins go into the ocean and a whole bunch of other species are then in danger of being wiped out. Mm. So we had one of these uh, heat waves down in uh, Tasmania in 2016. It lasted for 251 days. Mm. And there were some oyster farms down there that overnight lost 90% Ooh, of their um, oysters. And so you can imagine what that does to the water quality and, you know, the water's just not being filtered, all of those, you know, toxins that people are usually eating uh, when they eat oysters, which is a terrible idea. Um, and you should never do it. And the Bible says don't touch oysters. Um <laughs> But, um, yeah, all of those toxins are now going into the ocean rather than into uh, people's stomachs. And it uh, then has a carry-on effect that uh, continues on from there. The other thing that is interesting about these heat waves was that uh, during that particular one, they were catching tropical fish. Mm-hmm. Off the coast of Tasmania. <laughs> because they just followed the warm water yeah, down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it resulted in populations of resident tropical fish in Sydney. Yeah. Which is really bizarre. Which is something that doesn't happen. And, of course, you know, bleached the, uh, bleached the Great Barrier Reef for two years running. And so, you know, what we're looking at right now in Australia with the um, – we're not only looking at a drought – on the mainland where all of the water is staying in the ocean and not coming onto the land. Mm. Um, but we're also looking at a drought in the ocean as well. So we're, we're getting a double whammy. It's just that the ocean drought we don't see and we mm. don't think about it because it's kind of invisible. It's behind the scenes. Mm. Um, it's under the water. We think, well, how can you have a drought underneath the water? Well, we are having a drought underneath the water. Um, in in the ocean with what it is actually doing to our marine environment, mm. and so while we're looking at we're, we're, we're you know we're, we're facing the desert desertification, I guess, of uh, a lot of our farmland and forests where you've actually got you know massive 
amounts of gum trees that are actually dying as a result of the drought. And, you know, of course, these lands will turn into desert if this continues. Um, we're facing the same kind of thing, you know, with the Great Barrier Reef and other marine environments like that, you know, all the way down to Tasmania, the loss of our, our um, kelp, um, giant kelp, you know, all this kind of thing. It's, uh, it's, it's a different world in which we are living and it is changing incredibly rapidly. And this is what the Bible said would happen just before Jesus came back. The Bible said that our earth would grow old, that it would wear out. It would be like an old piece of clothing full of holes and moth-eaten and ready to fall mm. off. And that's what our world looks like right now. Yeah, We are on the verge of it. And the Bible says that this is a sign that Jesus is coming back soon. Mm. Man, that's incredible. I think it's it's interesting when we when we look at our world and and there's like the backwards and forwards of people who are like, yeah, climate change, and then people are like, no, nah, climate change, and and the well, climate change is a thing. Yeah, the argument is not about climate change. The argument is about whether or not it's man made. Man made, exactly. And then you know, there are, I think because the real a real focal point of that is like, oh, CO two, you know, and how much CO two do we make? And volcanoes make CO more CO two than humans. But it's like there are so many. There's so much more like effects of climate change and the things that could affect climate change than CO two. And we're just For seeing sure. that all over the place. You know, the the you know in Australia the the compromising of arable land and, you know, as you're talking about ocean droughts and all this stuff, like we're, it's, we're very clearly seeing the effect of climate change from man-made, you know, um, how, how man is affecting climate change. So yeah, it's heavy. It is. It is indeed. And, uh, yeah. Wow. Um, the way I look at it is this, you know, regardless of whether human beings are affecting climate change or not, um, cleaning up our planet is never going to be a bad thing. Mm, and living, you know, with less plastic in your life is never going to be a bad thing. There's lots of things that we can do that are simply not going to be bad. And, um, hey, who doesn't enjoy the massive talk that comes from electric cars? Yeah. Um, people who don't like climate change, apparently. Or people who do like climate change, apparently. That's that's how that goes. Whatever, whatever, <laughs> whatever. I'm just a vegetarian. That's my uh, that's my carbon that's, offset that's, right that's there. That's my carbon that's offset's taken care of. In the door. That's awesome. Well then, uh, yeah. <laughs> that's good. Right. Oh yeah, we got to do a quiz. We do, Lawson. I've I was fully forgot. Did, to do what happened quiz. to your What happened to your uh, oh, container was, over there? It's just all has, over the place. Has Gemma come in and shuffled it? I think that's what has happened. She's gotten it out and shuffled it like a deck of playing cards. And I'm like, oh, we did this one yesterday. No. I'm like, we did this one two weeks ago. We did this one three days ago. You know. So okay, here we go. Who am I? You ready? Yes. Who am I? I was in prison for insurrection and murder. Uh, it could be a number of different people. I'm going to go with this one. Ooh, yeah, that's correct. Okay. That's correct. So All give right. us a call. One eight, no double prizes, but give us a call. 1-800-324-843 and you will win a prize completely for free. Absolutely. Lawson, give us some short positive news. Short, okay, short positive news. Um, there is a number of people at the Rise thing who like were driving down from Queensland and up north who had to go through like who 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 because the, the Pacific Highway closed because of the fires and they had to go like around the back through Tenerfield and like all this wild. Stuff. <laughs> oh, that's a long yeah, way. Yeah, they had it was that's a long way. It was way. like an eleven-hour trip. 
you know, for what would usually be four hours, it was like an 11 hour trip. So it was wild. You know, there was, I would have just called up and said, yeah, nah, sorry, can't make it. <laughs> well, they could have just waited to the next day and then it was a four hour trip. There was a number of them. They were like, Oh, we don't know if the road's ever going to be back open for the rest of the weekend. So we'll just like drive down tonight. And that is um, dedication. That is, that it is. The dedication it of Arisians right and there. And it's like, uh, yeah, there was a, a number of people there who were affected by the fires. Who, who had been in the midst of the fires. And I think I might leave it to, to the next section to actually talk share some about, of those testimonies. Yeah, share some of those testimonies because it was absolutely wild, like the stuff that was going on in that area. Um, but yeah, no, I think it was, um, you know, positive, positive news. It was just good to see people safe, like and safe and coming out of that environment. I think it's one thing, you know, we've been talking and hearing a number of testimonies from people who were part of the fires. But for me, anyway, I don't necessarily know those guys, but all these, all these people was getting together that I'm like friends with and they're telling me these hectic stories about, you know, what, what it was like for them to go through the bushfires. I'm like, praise God, you are safe and that you can be with us today um worshiping him for that so yeah we're going to continue on with the show and come back after this this is francesca battistelli with go tell it on the mountain you listen to faith fm go tell it on the mountain Tell it on the mountain that Jesus Christ is born. While shepherds kept their watching, or silent flocks by G. 
That was Francesca Battistelli here with Go Tell It on the Mountain. You're listening to Faith FM, and we are about to have the second clue for our quiz. If you know who this person is, 1-800-324-843 is the number to call. Uh, there is a prize coming your way, 0491 if you would like to send us a text message. Lawson, what is our next clue? That's one eight hundred Faith FM, by the way. One eight hundred. So Faith yeah, text message zero four nine one zero six four six six nine. You can get in there. Okay, who am I? So we know this guy was in prison for insurrection and murder, but secondarily to that, the people were persuaded by the chief priests and elders to ask for my freedom. Okay, so here we have somebody that's some important people asking for his freedom. Mm. Who might that be? So there you go. If he's he's you obviously know the kind of well liked. You can imagine. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe not. <laughs> Who knows? Sometimes people do things for weird reasons. Hundred percent. Hey, I was talking before about some of the people who were um who were there at a rise. Yeah. Um who had been through the bushfires. One of the girls that was there, Carell. Um, I, I mentioned her a few weeks back how they had been struggling with the fires and, and specifically the, the fact that their insurance wouldn't cover the fire like fire damage. Oh, these were the guys who looked at their insurance and suddenly realized yeah, that yeah, yeah. it covered everything except fire. So basically... They live uh, on a mountainside, but it covers flood, but not fire. Yeah, it's wild. Um, <laughs> but um, yeah, so they, they decided to stay and fight as long as they could, um, but eventually... And they live like out in the bush, right? They live like way, way out in the bush. They have like a... They live like... I think I think it's like a forty k's out of Kempsey, and it's like thirty k's of that is like it's like back roads, and ten k's of that is their dirt driveway. You know, so it's like they're like way sounds like paradise. Like it's oh, it's and it's an amazing spot. Like it is, I've been there. It's like the nicest. But anyways, um, they're like way out, whoop whoop, and eventually, you know, the fires are around them, and they would kind of come closer and then recede backwards and forwards until the point where. Like, they ended up evacuating because it's like, okay, the fire is going to come towards the house. This was like in the middle of last week. And the only person who stayed was the dad. I'm pretty sure the rest of them evacuated. And Crow was showing me these videos. So, the, the fire came all the way up their driveway, like their 10 kilometer long dirt road driveway. The fire comes all the way up. It's like a hundred meters from the house and it starts like flanking around the house and surrounding it and all of a sudden out of nowhere like because you know they've been in contact with the fire brigade as the fire is that close and coming to the house coming to the house a hundred meters away um the fire trucks drive up the driveway the water bomber comes in you know the big helicopter with the water on it comes in out of nowhere and all of a sudden they're just like fighting this fire like a hundred meters from their front door this house and and Carell's showing me these videos from that her dad took they're like he's sitting inside the house videoing firefighters fighters through the window fighting this fire and like the 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 helicopters coming in like every five minutes you know dropping water on this thing and they're just yeah it was just incredible they're going hard and they stopped the fire like nearly at their door like which would just be the most wild thing that's pretty ever. wild <laughs> and so and so yeah they're, they're like all their stuff has been saved and like the fire you know it's done and it's over and it's good to go and they're they're just they're chilling 
Praise God. Yeah, they're, they're stoked as well. They actually... Just was, try and get these guys here on Faith FM sometime. Oh, do a bit yeah, of a, we should bit get of them in for, interview. for an interview. I'm pretty... Because they have cattle on that property as well. Okay. And, like, all the cattle and horses were, like, evacuated and saved. And, like, yeah, so they're, they're like, you know... And it didn't even really... Because they, they have a huge driveway, but then, like, their property is kind of behind where the driveway is. And so it didn't even really affect their property. They're just, like, you know... And, and that came after, like a lot of prayer like yeah. a lot of people were praying for them like um a lot of you know they were just yeah really because you can imagine big fires like that the resources are going to be stretched fairly thin there are a lot of homes mm. to try and save and you know how do if you're a fire control officer how do you actually pick which homes to save and which homes to lose you know yeah. it'd be a terrible position to be in but one that you've got to do every day and like in an area go like home shake it off well. and deal with it like in an area where it's like just in the middle of whoop whoop, it's yeah. like, oh, how are we going to make it out to these people? Like they've got so much to do. But it was just, yeah, praise God that they had the ability to, to head out there and just save everything. So they're, they're stoked. I, I, you know, talking to Corel on the weekend, she was just like pumped. Um, and she was just praising God because of, you know, what he had done and how they, they were just rejoicing about being safe. It was awesome. That's amazing. Okay, so uh, in we're, we're kind of mixing up our stories. Yeah, we're, we're just just going moving back between and forth. positive stories and uh, and the more serious stories. Of course, uh, Pope Francis is in Japan at the moment, and you sort of you don't usually think of Japan as being a major Catholic center, Roman Catholic mm. center. Uh, about one point six percent of of uh, Japanese are Christians. But uh, he has been in Nagasaki where it was raining. I wish we, they could uh, export some of that over to mm. Australia. We get plenty of other Japanese goods. Maybe um, some Japanese rain wouldn't go astray right now. <laughs> it's like, hey, guys, we'll buy some of that. Um, and, uh, yeah, he's been making his speech in Nagasaki for two reasons. One of them is that this is kind of the Rome of Japan. Um, mm. This is where Catholicism started in Japan, so back in 15. 15- 80, mm. um, the the local um, ruler, the local lord, whatever you want to call them, um, of uh, the Nagasaki uh, port invited um, Jesuit missionaries from Portugal mm. to come in. Now, of course, Christianity had been there for a long time before that, but it was a very different kind of Christianity. It was actually a Sabbath-keeping kind of Christianity that first came to Japan. But he invited the Jesuit missionaries to come in, and of course that uh, drastically changed, you know, the form of Christianity that was there in Japan because the the purpose of the Jesuits, um, the reason that they were created, and, and of course we've got to remember that Pope Francis himself is a Jesuit, so there's a a real connection that he has with Nagasaki, was to um, to really wipe out other forms of Christianity that either pre-existed or were new forms such as the Reformation. They were specifically formed to um, to bring about what was called the Counter-Reformation or to stop the Reformation of the great 16th century. And so, yeah, this is why um, uh, one of the reasons that uh, Pope Francis has gone there, but he's also gone there to talk about nuclear war. He's spoken about how that uh, nuclear weapons are perverse and indefensible, and particularly in today's environment, he sees them as being irrelevant for the kind of wars that are now being fought. And, you know, you have to admit that he kind of has a, a, a point right there mm. in that none of the conflicts that we have seen in recent times are the kind of conflicts in which you could use nuclear weapons. Mm. And nuclear weapons, you know, essentially they are a terrorist weapon. 
you know, because they're not targeted. I mean, you can target them to a certain extent against, you know, military targets, but they're going to, you know, they're going to wipe out large portions of the civilian population, which, you know, and the attacks on uh, Nagasaki and Hiroshima were effectively terrorist attacks. Mm. Um, you know, we can't deny that. Um, but, yeah, so interesting on that one. Um, of course, there's a lot of debate about whether those attacks should have gone ahead or not. <laughs> yes. Like, <laughs> <laughs> of course. Well, that's actually interesting because, you know, the Jesuits coming to to Japan actually then ushered in the, the futile period the, the, of Japan where there was all the warring factions and the, the Christians were heavily persecuting, including especially Catholicism. But now, yes. it's, you know, now they've kind of made up and they're going about business as usual. The Shogun... Uh, Tokugawa persecuted them from uh, 1613 through to about 1873. Mm. Interesting, uh, interesting thing. Yeah, it's often you know, um, did the did the did the nuclear bombs save lives or take lives? <laughs> wow, <laughs> so much controversy. Controversy here. So the estimate is um, the lowest estimate is that uh, if the US had invaded the the mainland islands of uh, Kyushu and Honshu, um, about 1.7 million lives could have been lost, with 15 million Japanese lives, mm. and the nuclear bomb saved all of those lives right there. And those are estimates based on the casualty rates of Okinawa mm. um, and scaled back because Japan was in a weaker position by that particular point. Um, and so, you know, you've got very, very strong arguments from either side. Of course, we don't know what would have happened because the bombs were dropped and uh, there was an unconditional surrender in which Japan, and this is the interesting thing, because of the unconditional surrender, Japan was not allowed to re-militarize, and because they didn't spend their money on military, they became a world economic superpower. Yeah. So it just shows the power Mm. of peace. You know, when you can have peace that actually, you know, becomes in and becomes real, the best thing that happened to Japan was an unconditional surrender where they Mm. couldn't rebuild their military uh, because that's how they became incredibly wealthy. This is Randy Travis. Which way will you choose? As the world becomes entwined in the lies from Satan's mind, a leader will arise to take the reins. Saying love will bring us peace if you put your hope in me. Renounce the name of Jesus or be slain. Which way will you choose? Which way will you choose? You got everything to gain. You got everything to lose. Take his mark, believe the lie to chill their hearts. They'll know the time has come to seal their fate. Those who cling to the cross will refuse and pay the cost as God redeemed his own from the sea of pain. Which way will you choose? Which way will you choose? You got everything to gain. You got everything to lose 
the age draws to an end, hope will tumble down again. The Lord will make them feel their sin and shame. You can make the choice right now, trust in Christ our hope and crown, or watch the world you love go up in flames. Which way will you choose? Which way will you choose? You got everything to gain. You got everything to lose. Which way will you choose? Which way will you choose? You got everything to gain. You got everything to lose. You're listening to Randy Travis with Which Way Will You Choose here on Faith FM. Lawson, give us another clue for our quiz. All right. Who am I? My freedom was secured as a result of a custom. Okay, Ooh. a custom. We're kind of getting a narrative here. This is kind of there's not we don't actually have a lot of information about this person and so the the uh, the quiz clue makers are um kind of stretching it out trying to make it as um Obscure as they can. Mm. Anyway, 1-800-324-843. This person was uh, in prison for insurrection and murder, and their release was secured by a custom. Mm. Who might that be, if you know the answer? 1-800-FAITH-FM. Give us a call right now. Uh, joining us on the phone this morning is Neil Thompson. Neil, welcome to the show. Hey, good morning. How are you going, Mark? Yeah, going great, Neil. Now, um, I wanted to chat with you this morning, and, and of course you're not uh, unfamiliar to Faith FM Radio, but uh, I wanted to chat with you this morning about your recent experiences in the Outback. I understand that you have just come back from Outback, New South Wales. Yeah, that's right. I did. I was up uh, Lightning Ridgeway again, um, not last weekend, the weekend before. Okay, so Lightning Ridge, that's a fair ways out there. How long does it take to get from uh, your home base in the Newcastle uh, region to um, Lightning Ridge? Yeah, look, it's about a seven and a half hour drive. Or uh, that particular weekend I went out there, I actually flew out there, and so it was about a two and a half hour flight, although we had a pretty stiff headwind on the way out there, so it was more like three and a half hours. Yeah, a big headwind makes a big difference when you uh, are in a small aeroplane. In a small craft. Yeah, it really does. <laughs> Fantastic. Tell me, Neil, what are the conditions like out there? Um, grim. Like, we're flying out. We're going out over the top of the Hunter. Never seen it so dry. Go out over the top towards um, Canamble, Pilliga. And um, there was just one word that come to mind. It's like, is this, is this what it's like when we get desertification, you know, when the desert starts to form? Even all the rain, you know, and I was talking to the pilot. He works out there quite a bit. And um, it's like all the rain that we got uh, about three, four weeks ago just disappeared almost overnight. And normally you'd get a, a hint of green, and yes, there was in some places, but lots of places, none at all. Certainly not discernible from, from the air like um, I would have hoped for. And, um, yeah, it's just it's as grim as it's ever been. And, um, yeah, just a lot of desperate people looking at the skies saying, hey, when are we going to get some decent rain? And it, it's not just rain now, they're, they're longing for floods just to really soak the earth. And which is probably what we will end up getting next and uh, probably end up with catastrophic floods because that seems to be the way that our world is going. <laughs> yeah, these days, and, then, doesn't it? and then no more rain after that and it'll all dry out and turn into desert again because there'll be no soil left. 
Neil, as a as a Christian minister, does does this indicate to you, you know, that the Lord is coming soon? Uh, look, it, it it does in so many ways, Lyle. Like, you know, you, you look at what's taking place in our world. You know, unprecedented bushfires and everything else. The the land is literally hurting, and um, you know, I'm I'm familiar with the text in Scripture which talks connects that with sin and and other things. And you know, when I think of sin, I just don't think about the the morality of of the way we live, but I think of just our impact in the landscape around it. Humanity is having a massive impact, and I think it, it's changing things. And I think Scripture actually says that that's a precursor to the end of time. It's like these things are birth pains, they'll get worse and worse and worse, and that's a sign that Christ's coming is very soon. And we certainly need him to come soon because, um, yeah, our world is a mess. Neil, what's it? it, You've obviously met with with, quite a number of people while you were out there. You were um, preaching, you did a baptism, which is fantastic. We want to hear about that. But um, what is... What is the general feeling of the population in somewhere like Lightning Ridge? Uh, look, it's, um, you know, the general feeling or general vibe is people are hurting. They're wanting to um, just bunker down. They've been through droughts before, so they're just bunkering down, hoping to ride this one through. Um, what's different is so many towns are running out of water. Um, people just looking for work, you know, um, the people who are baptised, they uh, from a nearby town, and I say that tongue-in-cheek because it's three and a half hours' drive away, and um, they're there on a, on a work visa from Fiji, and, um, but there's no work. The farms aren't working at the moment, so they're just, you know, doing odd little jobs for the farmers, but there's not much going on, and, yeah, it's grim, and um, people are, are just stoic in the face of that, but, you know, it farmers get to the point of where they can't stand it anymore and so some of them take their own life and yeah it's just it's just a horrible horrible whole network of things i guess one of the fortunate things with the recent rain is some of the dams that i saw flying out actually had some water in them um so it was able to collect at least a little bit of the rain and and get that into a dam which was good Mm, um are we are we reaching a point where we're going to have to consider evacuation Oh wow, that's I got no idea about that one. That's well above my pay grade. But I I can't help but wonder that myself. Yeah, I mean, just um, from observation, are, are 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 people sort of getting to that point where they're like, yep, move to the coast, walk oh, walk, look, walk I away. Think, I think um, I don't know about walk away, but I think certainly until until it changes, you know, if they've got family on the coast, they're they're thinking of moving or they're they're already underway with with you know planning for that. Um. In lots of, lots of little towns, but you know, even on the coast, you know, I got family who live now in, um, Tari Meningali and, um, that's a dairy farm in Gully. And the town there is about ready to run out of water. The Manning River stopped flowing just about. And, um, it's like, it doesn't matter where you go at the moment. All the dams are running low. Things are grim. Desperately need that rain and, and that change. And perhaps, um, Scott Morrison's right. Maybe we just need to pray for rain, right? Yeah, we certainly do need to be praying for rain. There's no question about that. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, particularly... What about... Um, you, now, you flew to Lightning Ridge and then you drove three and a half hours to a nearby town? No, no. No, oh, they, they, they drove, drove to in. us. Yep. Yep. And they came in for the whole weekend. Um, it was four people. Um, so Tima, Philly, Sal and uh, Joelle. 
And, um, yeah, they, they all were baptized and it was just fantastic, you know, just hearing the testimonies of how God's been working in their life. And, um, it doesn't matter where you are, you know, you can travel half a world away and God can get a, in touch with you and just touch your heart and change your life. Yeah, praise God. So fantastic. Tell us a little bit about that story. Actually, yeah, yeah, tell us a bit about that story. Um, so these people have come from Fiji, from Fiji primarily, yeah, to outback Australia to a disaster zone. Uh, Pretty much, and there they they're doing some work on farms um, in drought affected areas, and in the middle of that, um, Tina, who's a, a leader, she she lives in the town. She's a bit of a leader, and um, she is just taking a very active role in um, in just spiritually reaching out to those around her, and so. In the, in the small border town of New South Wales, Queensland called Mungandai. There she is. And I'm not sure if she's listening this morning, but if she is, a shout out to, to Tina. And, um, and she's there and she's just doing her thing just because she loves the Lord and loves sharing the gospel with others. So that's what she's doing. And she herself decided that she needed to, to change from the way she was taught. And she just so appreciates the value of truth now. And so for her, truth really matters. And, um, so that's why she's decided to become a seven-day dentist. Okay, so this is Tina that we're talking about, and Tina has then no, reached out. Timmer. Oh, Timmer, Timmer. Yeah. So Timmer has reached out to the uh, to these other four. Uh, well, she's part of it. So our crew from Lightning Ridge have been visiting these towns now for quite some time. Um, like we're saying, eighteen months. To, well, actually, two years now. And um, during that time, got some fabulous friendships. Been having monthly worship services. And in more recent times, actually sending out a bus, a 12-seater van, and picking people up from Mungandai and Taiwan and taking back to Lightning Ridge for weekend worship time together. Okay, okay. I've got to get my, I've got to wrap my head around this. When, uh, when, when there's a town just down the road that is three and a half hours drive away, you're telling me That's that right. there is a bus that goes three and a half hours one way, picks yep. people up, brings them to church three and a half hours the other direction, and then takes them back again. That's right. And so to give you an idea, Big John got up at 2 a.m. in the morning, drove out there three and a half hours, picked up the people. So what's that? That's 5.30 in the morning, loaded them in the van and then drove straight back. And then later on that night, either he or someone else would have driven them back home again. You know, I really need to know whether there's anybody else in Australia that drives three and a half hours to go to church. I just have to say, you know, we live in a country where people often avoid church, and I have I hear this so often, like, oh, I don't need to go to church to be a Christian. And I'm like, why wouldn't you yeah. want to go to church? If you're a Christian, well, it's the best thing ever. And here you've got people like, yeah, yeah, we'll drive, uh, what is it, three, uh, seven hours to uh, facilitate right. people to be able to go to church twice a day? That's right. And and you've got people who are like, yeah, yeah, we'll get on a bus and go three and a half hours to go to church. I mean, that's 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 a very very special so dedication. It is, it is. And so, just think how hungry people are for the word of God, and how hungry they are to actually want to um, to learn more and to change their life and to to really get close to Jesus. It's just beautiful, while it really is. What um what what effect do you think that the drought is having on the spirituality of people in the outback? Are they turning away from God? Are they turning towards God? Um, um, what what do you a see? Bit of both. What do you see taking a bit place? Of both. Right. I you know in a couple of weeks' time I'll be actually heading out there again for um, helping out in some Christmas celebrations with farmers in the community there. I actually I don't know. I think it's causing people to to ask more questions about, you know, what's life really all about? Is it just about, 
you know, like farm life in a sense is really simple. You just live in sync with the land and, and the climate of the land that you're in. But that's all disrupted now and, yeah, and people really are asking more questions. Yeah, and I guess that gives us an opportunity as Christians to be able to reach out to people that um, that are that th- those that are asking those questions. Um, do you do you come across people that have turned away from God because of the drought? Haven't I personally haven't no, and I haven't heard of stories of that. Um, on one visit where I was out there, I did come across a um, a gentleman who just didn't want to be in the room when I prayed. Um, and totally get that, totally respect it. It's like, it's not his thing. And yet he and I happily chatted after that. Um, so, look. Yeah, that was one of those other know. random little towns out there. What was the name of that one? Uh, Come by Chance, otherwise <laughs> known as affectionately as Cumby. <laughs> Come by Chance. I'm wondering whether any of our listeners have ever been to Come by Chance. How many homes are there in Come by Chance? A total of about, I think, six buildings. Which one of them's a, a pub? The other one's the community hall, and there's probably about three or four houses. Right, and then that, of course, that services the uh, community roundabout of farmers and so forth. Yeah, look, there's probably about fifty farms in a radius of about a hundred k's. Now, you did uh, some uh, some presentations out there, some some spiritual presentations. Um, whereabouts did you do the spiritual your spiritual presentations? In in the pub. In the pub, and as you yeah, do. in the pub, and and that's where we're going back to do a Christmas program, um, and um, yeah, Annie is the public in there, lovely lady from Invercargill, fell in love with the farming community and the farming way of life, and um, it originally started out as a cook, and her cooking skills took her to hanging out with sheep shearing crews and all of that, and eventually she just decided to settle in Cumbie. There you go, and. Yeah. Uh, it's okay, not so the smallest town, by the way. There's a smaller town in Queensland, apparently. Right. Okay. Fair enough. Yeah, so Queensland asked, steal smaller... everything from us. <laughs> 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 yeah, let's not go down that path. <laughs> no, no, let's not. <laughs> <laughs> we, could, we could discuss a few different subjects on that one. Um, okay, so let's, let, let's think about Come By Chance then for a moment. So you've got this tiny little town out there. Um, and you're doing your evangelistic program in the pub. I mean, that is not the, uh, why in the pub? I mean, there's a community hall right there. Typically, you know, your evangelist, typically your evangelist, historically your evangelist has always hired the, you know, hired the biggest hall in town and, um, you know, send out advertising and people have come to the program. Look, it's true. Um, except for the pub is their church in a sense. Like, what's a church? A church is a place where people go, experience community in the presence of God. Yeah. Now, I wouldn't say the farmers regularly invite God into their pub, but they were certainly happy for us to do the same and for them to be part of that. In, in many respects, that is their community place. It's, it's, you know, on a, on a regular night, there might be two or three people in the pub. On their busy night, there might be up to 50 people in the pub. Um, and it's where they go to hang out with their neighbours. Okay, and so you turn up there and you're going to do a spiritual presentation uh, in the pub. How do they, Apart from the one person who, um, who sort of ducked out for the prayer, how did people respond to that? Very positively. Um, just really grateful that someone is actually there. Like our crew from Lightning Ridge are delivering food regularly to that group. In fact, they started out with about 30, 38 farmers that were working. In fact, it started out with about one or two. 
and that grew to 38. And the last I heard, it was more than 90. And that's only one of our churches. So that's the Lightning Ridge Church doing that. Then you go down to can I, can I just can, can I butt in for a second? How many members does sure? the Lightning Ridge Church have? Um, it's a, It's got less than 30. It's got an active membership of about five or six people. Um, plus a couple of extra volunteers that um, they wrote their friends into helping them to do that. But, you know, That's it's impressive. not unusual. It is It is impressive. You go to somewhere like um, uh, Gunnedah and they're working in churches all around their district and Narrabri, they're working in churches around their district, right up at Tenerfield and, and so on. There's doesn't matter where you go. There's there's communities that are hurting, and there's people responding. There's people in our church. There's people in other churches who are responding to the need as well. And yeah, I'm just very humbled to be a very small part in all of that. Yeah, fantastic. Hey Neil, it's been great to chat with you um, and to hear your experiences in the outback. Let's be praying before for before we wrap up though. Before we wrap up, just want to encourage people. You know, we um, we live by the 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 cycle of new cycles, right? So suddenly it was all about the drought, then suddenly the fires came, and now we're just talking about the fires and everyone forgets the drought. The drought is still ongoing. Even if we got flooded rain now, it's going to be at least three months before the land recovers after that to actually grow some grass. Yep. So the towns, the communities still desperately needed help. So if you want to just donate through your regular charities that you do for farm support or for outback, drought support it's very much appreciated and makes a huge difference absolutely neil thank you so much for sharing with us this morning yeah you're very welcome that was neil thompson you listen to faith fm shattered like you've never been before the life you knew in a thousand pieces on the floor and words fall short in times like these when this world drives you to your knees you think you're never gonna get back to the you they used to be tell your heart to beat again close your eyes and breathe over you it's all right now love's healing hands have pulled you through so get back up take step one leave the darkness feel the sun cause your story's far from over and your journey's just begun tell your heart to beat again close your eyes
We'd love for you to come and fellowship with us and worship God at Wollongong Seventh-day Adventist Church. You can find us at the corner of Victoria and Young Street and join us for Bible study every Saturday morning at 9.30. And service at 11. See you there. You're listening to Faith FM, positively different radio. At the edge of the water, memorial of the miracles He gave to thee, that all the people of the earth might remember that the hand of the Lord's mighty. God told Joshua to lead His people. As I was with Moses, I will be with thee. I will never leave or forsake you, but set the people free. Joshua spoken to his people, said, Sanctify yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do wonders among you, and you will surely be blessed. Stacking up the rocks at the edge of the water, memorial of the miracles he gave to thee, that all the people of the earth might remember that the hand of the Lord's mighty. Priest can the ark of the covenant to the raging Jordan side. Brave and courageous, they stepped in the water and got work before they arrived. The water stopped flowing, the riverbed dry, the ark crossed to the other side. Twelve men back to the middle of the river, carrying rocks to remember by. Stacking up the rocks at the edge of the water, memorial of the miracles he gave to thee, that all the people of the earth might remember that the hand of the Lord's mighty. God still with us in this world of trouble, gives miracles every day. Has he worked in your life, brother? Have you shown it in some way? Well, are you stacking up the rocks at the edge of the water? Memorial of the miracles he gave to thee. That all the people of the earth might remember that the hand of the Lord's mighty. Stacking up, stacking up the rocks at the edge of the water. Memorial of the miracles he gave to thee. That all the people of 
the earth might remember that the hand of the Lord's mighty. So that all the people of the earth might remember that the hand of the Lord is mighty.